This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint is brought to you by HP. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. And here is your host, Sunjog All. Welcome listeners. This is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for today's conversation is enabling real-time analytics. Joining us today is Scott Zoldi. Scott is the Vice President of Analytics Science for FICO. Hello, Scott. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Now, as part of our series in memory computing, we are talked extensively about its potential and whether or not it's ready for the mainstream. And yet one of the most interesting use cases involves something that goes beyond just technology or architecture, and that's enabling real-time analytics. So IMC or not, this is something a lot of organizations would like to tackle. And today we want to discuss how they might approach that and what immediate impact doing so could have. So, uh, Scott, the first question for you is, where so far have organizations struggled to attain genuinely real-time analytics? Generally, with respect to organizations taking on real-time analytics is around the technology stack. And so, one of the things that they've struggled with in the past is whether or not they can accumulate data that they need to make that real-time decision in an efficient uh, fashion. So as an example, you know, in FICO develops a, a set of models called the Falcon Fraud Manager models. And in those models, um, we leverage something called transaction profiles, where there's data that is efficiently summarized, condensed in terms of small records that would have these recursive variables that would summarize transaction histories. And so, you know, Falcon is a product that's been protecting cardholders in the U.S. for um, more than two decades and leverages this, this concept of a small summarized transaction data record. Those companies that don't do that, that try to go and have uh, a real-time on-demand access, let's say, to all the transaction history to make a decision, typically struggle with the ability to do that in real time because of the data access requirements. And so when we look at real-time analytics, companies like FICO focus very strongly on what we call streaming analytics, and that's really this concept of summarizing data very efficiently in terms of a, a single uh, transaction profile, let's say, that allows us to get access to the entire history of transactions in a very summarized fashion, and that enables real-time analytics. And those that don't use tricks like that typically do struggle. Now, you mentioned about summarizing, but when we look at the real time as a phrase, how close are we to that real time and how close to real time are the majority in getting insights from big data and analytics endeavors that they're making? Right. So in terms of real time for things like our, our the fraud solutions that are out there in the market today that the, the banks leverage, a real time response from an analytic model would be about 10 milliseconds. And, you know, with the newer technologies around NoSQL databases, um, it's certainly possible to go sub-millisecond sub decisions in terms of making those real-time decisions. So that's roughly the, the time span. So, for example, here at, at FICO, when we develop a fraud model, we're returning real-time decisions and scores based on tens of milliseconds in fraud. And, and faster than that, when we look in areas such as cybersecurity, where you know, it, it, it's very important that those decisions get made in a, in a timely fashion um, so that people that need to make a decision or monitor what's happening at the edges of those networks can be notified to uh, abnormal events and, and then try to remedy those situations. Now, what have been the challenges in uh, real-time analytics implementation thus far, whether you see it within FICO or outside, and what's the need to accelerate that process even more? I think some of the challenges have, have really been around adoption of, of newer technology. So today, there are things such as Storm and Spark and, and other in-memory 
databases that are available for making decisions in real time. And typically what happens is if one has a situation where you need to decide, you know, the level of complexity, the scoring or the calculations that need to occur. So, for example, you know, we develop models that have a number of these uh, summarized transaction profiles, and that leads to issues with what we could call contention, where there might be multiple threads all trying to process a large number of transactions in real time all utilizing shared memory objects, and that means that there's contention for those pieces of information that are being summarized. And that's generally, a, you know, that can be a tuning exercise where if you are leveraging things like a NoSQL database coupled with Spark or Storm, you need to look at, you know, having the right number of, of compute nodes and the right amount of, of contention remedies in, in place. And or one moves away from things like some of the big data architectures and looks at some of the, the memory fabrics that are out there that allow access to this data to be done completely in memory without the NoSQL databases that may have a combination of a cache and, and a disk persistence and to get the optimal speed there. But that's generally going to be the issue for, you know, the types of real-time analytics and real-time decisions that are, are relatively complex from an analytics perspective because there's typically going to be a lot of shared data uh, in these decisions and then contention for those data resources in a very short period of time when that real-time decision needs to be made. So we understand the value of real-time analytics, and yes, perhaps it might be providing some incremental value, but do you think this could be a source of a competitive advantage? Absolutely. I, from, from my perspective, and potentially I'm biased given the 15 years that I've been at Psycho, now real-time analytics is, is definitely a competitive advantage. And so in the fraud space, for example, you know, you have an opportunity to stop the fraud transaction um, before it goes through, let's say with a payment card. In a cyber application, you have an opportunity to, to see that there's a, a breach occurring or there's a command and control set of messages that are going out between your organization and, let's say, a botnet out there and, you know, stop data from within the organization before before it's too late versus looking at a batch analysis later to know that your data has left their organization. Or, you know, there's many use cases where, you know, we want to make a real-time marketing offer to, to a customer as they walk through a store or based on things that are associated with their most recent um, spending activity. And the more that we can bring those decisions, right, or those offers or those notifications to a customer or protect our defenses from a fraud or cyber uh, security perspective, you know, bring that to the, the real-time event where we need to make the right decision at the right time, that's the competitive advantage. And if we don't, then we're in a situation where we'll see, you know, fraud being committed and have to deal with that after it's already occurred or, you know, uh, situations such as breaches where data has been stolen from an organization and, and the opportunity to potentially stop that wasn't taken because there wasn't this real-time analytics to detect that event. Now, to that end, how can IT help? How can IT help drive this advantage? From an IT perspective, you know, the big part of driving this is essentially focusing on, on making sure that we have the right sort of architecture of these systems understood. As an example, the topic of contention for certain memory that is associated with, with let's say, an analytic model, that might be a tuning exercise where some very specialized sort of knowledge of how to leverage, let's say, storm might be something that would be used, or it might be something where we'd say, listen, we, we are not going to look at distributed computing. We need to have a architecture that involves the shared memory fabric because we have certain certain pieces of information or calculations that are going to have to have very, very low latency. So from an IT perspective, a very strong knowledge of what the options are in terms of very low latency access to data 
for you know more complicated NoSQL databases that have a very efficient memory cache coupled with a, a persistence layer to disk, and understanding those systems you know pretty intimately to help make the right sort of decisions around the latency of accessing this this data in a real time scoring application it is really essential, and that's probably where most of the applications struggle. But there's lots of options out there, and it's really around getting you know sufficient experience with the pros and cons of different types of uh, technologies. So as an industry, would you say financials is one of the key industries which will be able to benefit and get the full benefits out of it, or this is going to be socialized among other industries and everyone can benefit? Well, certainly the financial industry has a, a head start with things like, like the Falcon product that is monitoring for, for credit card fraud. But other industries certainly will benefit also. And, you know, one of the most interesting things that I'm involved with in the last year has been this concept of, of you know, cyber analytics, essentially bringing a, a different breed of analytics to look for cybersecurity issues. And this is one that applies to everyone and every uh, company out there in terms of protecting your, your company from cyber threat. And in those situations, um, you know, today, a lot of the signature-based methods that are out there from a cybersecurity perspective are failing. And, and this is where, you know, more advanced sort of analytics, similar to what we do in the fraud space, are, are really going to take hold and be a differentiator to protect companies. And that, you know, it affects every one of us that has a, you know, a competing system uh, related to our companies and related to our personal lives. And I think it's going to be very, very much well um, widespread. In addition to that, the same technology um, that we're talking about here is, is really from a FICO perspective and from a personal perspective, it's key to the, the whole the whole problem of the, the velocity. You know, we talk about the big Bs of big data, the velocity of data that's being um, sent through systems. And I think as we look at our daily lives and all the data that we produce, um, having an analytic system that can go and make a real-time decision and, and provide the right sort of feedback to a user is going to be more and more expected by, you know, by everyone that uses these you know, mobile devices and computers and having it be relevant. So I think it's, we're going to see it take hold very significantly. Um, and I think a lot of the you know, newer technologies around self-learning analytics and, and topics like that will really become you know, part of the next decade of, of kind of analytic advancements in terms of real-time decisioning. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and discuss the current state of adoption of real-time analytics into the organization and any related challenges we may be facing. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint. Welcome back. So, Scott, how far away most of the organizations are from adopting real-time analytics into the organization? And are these adoption challenges, would you say, due to any infrastructure shortcomings or or issues? And if so, would you think something like in-memory be a viable fix? You know, in terms of many of the organizations, I think there there is a mind shift that has to occur. And so, as an example, in, in the fraud area, 
it was a natural area for real-time analytics to take place. So, for example, you know, when, when you swipe your credit card and there's an authorization that has to occur and the bank's responsible for making an authorization in a short period of time, that we don't sit in front of the, the, the payment device waiting to, to purchase our groceries. Um, and so there were really, you know, near-term real, you know, real requirements while making decisions quickly and, and facilitating this real-time analytics. In other areas, um, I think there's still work to be done within organizations around making sure they understand, you know, the, the business value for some of those decisions in terms of, you know, why do I need to collect this data and why do I have to return a, a decision, let's say, on a tweet or, or potentially, you know, why, why, why would I want to respond so rapidly to, say, a customer inquiry? So I think there's a piece of it, which is making sure that people understand that it is going to be a differentiator to their business. It's going to be a differentiator in terms of how customers feel they're being accommodated and, you know, their, their needs being addressed. Um, from an IT perspective then and, and from a data collection perspective, th there are challenges in terms of making sure that the frequency at which data is received by organizations is, is sped up. You know, things like a, a month, a, an hourly batch is not going to be um, sufficient if you don't need a real-time decision. And so, you know, there are some of those infrastructure changes that have to occur. I think those businesses that do that first will, will obviously be the kind of you know, the innovators in the space and will have more competitive projects and offerings. And I think that will be you know, part of the transformation we'll see, but, you know, one of the first steps is to get organizations and businesses to think about how they can use that as a differentiator. So would you think that in memory, the new paradigm, if you will, of computing is going to, or it, it could perhaps be a savior or provide that assistance in making this uh, a reality? Absolutely, I do. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's become much, much easier with a lot of the, the open source that we have today in terms of uh, in-memory computing and, uh, you know, big data infrastructures um, to, to very quickly bring up little proofs of concepts of how these systems would work. And so, you know, I think that's going to be one of the, the, the big drivers is that things that used to be, you know, challenges that we would work in, you know, high-performance computing labs maybe uh, 15 or 20 years ago are now pretty routine uh, in terms of the tools that we have from a big data perspective to solve. And, you know, that's great because that's really, you know, that ease of, of implementing and trying these things out from an, uh, you know, in-memory and real-time analytics perspective is really going to be the things that are going to drive the innovation in the space. So I think we're at an interesting point in, in computing where things that were very, very difficult before big data and some of the open source tools are now relatively easy. And that's going to open up a, a huge landscape for, for innovation and new creative solutions using this, uh, you know, in-memory computing and uh, real-time analytics. Now, taking to the next level, uh, would you think that analytics as a service is something you can foresee becoming a viable option? Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of focus on analytics as a service. So, you know, as an example, from this historical precedent, you know, Falcon being one of the, the oldest continues to be one of the most successful fraud solutions with real-time analytics. These are systems we would install at, at a customer premise. But now we're bringing more and more of this real-time analytics onto cloud infrastructures um, to enable, um, you know, the real-time analytics a as a service. So I, I think that's the natural next step. Uh, it's, in fact, it's something that FICO is actively looking at in terms of some of the same technologies that, that we've developed in Falcon and in our cybersecurity solution, bringing it on to our own FICO uh, analytic cloud and, and enabling those analytic services in terms of real-time analytics. So we should be able to see more and more of that. And I think that's, you know, another way that we're going to see innovation in this space because um, it, it further removes kind of friction from people trying out the technologies and, and doing some concepts around using real-time analytics to change their businesses. 
So when you look at the type of provider solutions or vendor solutions that are available, what specific conflicts or challenges that you think are surfacing and how do you go about or an organization goes about identifying or determining if they are a good candidate for such a solution? You know, it's a great question. I think one of the challenges is really um, making sure that you have some, that, that the different solutions that you have out there have some level of pedigree in terms of, you know, the, the analytic techniques and, and what are the pros and cons of, of using them. So, you know, for example, I mean, I, there are a number of companies and services that will allow you to have access to, to data that you would persist within memory. But even if I have access to a transaction history and memory, it still may not be fast enough for the type of decision that I need to make. So I think that the key, the key sort of differentiation is as, as one looks at the technologies and vendors that are out there, clearly define what the problem is that we want to define from a, a real-time analytics perspective. If it's, a, if it's an analytics score, right, then, then there'll be a lot more that one needs to do with, with respect to you know, a pedigree of, of streaming analytics experience and, you know, effective use cases out there. I think there, without that and without looking at, at sort of this reputation and this establishment of credibility, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And then, you know, one, one might find that projects are deemed failures, but they're really not, you know, they wouldn't be if, if different technology decisions were uh, made or different vendors were chosen that have this um, pedigree of, of applying these streaming analytics techniques. And that's probably the biggest piece is to find that right vendor that has that experience, um, that has um, solutions in, in production today, you know, have referenceable sites and, and asking, you know, does the real-time um, analytics uh, application that you're developing, does that, you know, fit or mirror, you know, some of the use cases and successes that these vendors have had uh, in the real-time analytics and decisioning space? Now, as a last question, how so far has real-time analytics through the use of in-memory computing been in manifested? And what advice would you have for someone looking to adopt something similar? You know, today, the biggest use cases um, have really been around, you know, addressing the, the velocity piece of big data. And, and these are really interesting areas because these are situations where you may decide that the data that you see in real time may or may not resemble historical data. You may or may not have, let's say, the outcomes or tags that you'd want to develop a real model, or you may just say it's too non-stationary. And that's a whole class of problems where, you know, the, the in-memory uh, and real-time analytics is just essential because it's a class of problems where the models need to self-learn, which means that we're not going to have scientists that necessarily pour over loads of historical data and build static models that would be used or rule sets that would be used in, in these production environments. But it would be a, a class of problems where the analytics itself, so the real-time computing is, is learning relationships in real time because those, those are shifting so um, so rapidly. I think today is the best use case for that and the best examples of that is, is our cybersecurity challenges that we have with respect to um, command and control activity and malware because of the, you know, the very advanced adversaries we have in those spaces in terms of their technical prowess and the amount of change that we see there. Those are going to be the best sort of use cases to, in terms of making a, an adoption uh, and trying to mirror, you know, some, some of that scenarios where, you know, you, you may not have historical data to build these applications or you may need the application to learn in production uh, as data streams by. Once again, thank you, Scott, for sharing your thoughts and insights in our Practitioner Viewpoint segment. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about in-memory computing as part of our series at www.ciotalkradio.com slash in-memory computing. Thank you for listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. 
For related programming, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint was brought to you by HP. 